Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining me today on Grow Your Knowing Blog Talk Radio. My name is The Boyd, and I'm so delighted that you. Today, we are going to rebirth this show. I've been working with Blog Talk Radio now for about five years. And I had a show for many years called Spiritual Tools on Sedona Blog Talk Radio. I've decided to bring this show back and to really open up, um, open up a conversation for people because we're really in this amazing time where we're shining. And if you're just joining um, Grow Your Knowing Blog Talk Radio, thank you so much. My name is Melissa Boyd. I am a spiritual medium. I'm also a business coach and a Reiki master and a yoga instructor. But more than that, I'm a humanitarian. And I've always been, um, I've always felt that my life has been living on the cutting edge, whether it was working in the political sector or working on campaigns or just helping people to thrive. So Although this show, I will not be doing readings on this show. However, I will tell you, if you haven't tuned in, I am doing monthly meditations. So I have monthly meditations on Facebook Live. They're at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're in Maine, I am at River Tree Arts Center in Lower Village, Kennebunk. And the next one is February 28th, which is at 7 p.m. If you are coming in person, please reserve a seat. It is free to attend, and you can always just hop on on Facebook Live and join us there. We do a group meditation. I suggest a donation to a different charity. This, this year, we're doing donations to River Tree Arts, and if you're listening anyplace else in the world, we ask you to donate to an arts program. So I'll just list the dates for you, February 28th, March 14th, April 18th, and May 16th. This show right here that you're listening to right now live, we have people listening online and callers who've called in, and I'm going to get to your guest in just a few minutes. But I do want to talk about a couple of other events I have, just in case you haven't been to my website lately. On April 14th, I am doing a morning of mediumship. It's a spirit garden breakfast. So you bring a flower, you have breakfast, and then I read your loved ones through spirit, through the flower. It's called the flower service, very big in the U.K., starting to come back here, but a really fun way to hear from your loved ones in spirit. That's 9.30 to 12 o'clock at the Fireside Inn and Suites in Portland, Maine. I will also be back at Greener Postures in West Falmouth for – Two days, May 4th and May 5th, I'll be doing vibrational yoga, which of course is doing yoga, hearing from your loved ones in spirit. And then I'll be doing awakening your luminosity with yoga. As always, you get tips and tools and deeper ways to live in a high frequency. And finally, the last event I do definitely want to mention is May 18th is a day-long workshop on mastering your divine potential using eight steps to divinity. And that's from 8 to 4.30, breakfast and lunch and networking, 
Um, and also you get a certificate of completion, and that's going to be a phenomenal day for you to really access your highest, deepest wisdom. And I'm so excited so many of you have, have joined me today. My guest, who I'm about to um, bring on so you can uh, hear her lovely things, um, my guest is Melanie Weller. I, um, I love meeting interesting people and people who I feel are dynamic in character and are real, um, authentic, true people. And Melanie is certainly one of these, these people, and that's why I've asked her to join us tonight on Grow Your Knowing. I met Melanie in about three years ago in London. We were both studying at a meta- metaphysical school there. And every time we had to work together, we ended up working together. And just her energy, her, her dedication to change and helping people change is just absolutely phenomenal. And the intersection between what Melanie's going to talk about and the spirit world or the mediumship world really has to do with the vagus nerve. And that's Melanie's talk tonight, healing, talking about healing and the power of the vagus nerve. If you know me and you've had either an individual session with me or you've come to a yoga workshop, you know I'm always talking about the vagus nerve, talking about how to relax your body, to still your body, to breathe, and to really open up more space so that you can really live in um, in deep truth and peace in your life. I do want to mention that these shows will be monthly, and this month I am so excited to invite Melanie Weller here. So let me tell you a little bit more about Melanie. Um, so Melanie has over 25 years in the field of physical health as an athletic trainer and a physical therapist. She is board certified in the osteopedic clinical specialist, a certified exercise expert for aging adults, and a certified athletic trainer. So she spent a lot of her time in outpatient, but she's also worked in hospitals, schools, and home health. Her practice and teaching now looks beyond basic body work to mythology as a mode of transmitting science information and the imprint of culture, society, and ancestry on our ability to understand and access greater alignment and vitality. And I can personally attest to both individual sessions in person with Melanie and remote healing sessions, which really have been phenomenal. So I am so excited for all of you to meet Melanie Weller. So, Melanie, Hi, Melissa, welcome thank you so to... Much. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having so me. I'm excited you, to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I, I did also want to add the fact that you really have worked with people on chron- chronic pain, anxiety, depression, um, addiction, and also really helping people to see the patterns in their lives and what what I love about your work is that I really feel, you know, you are a healer, but you're also a facilitator in helping people kind of see those connections that we may not see. Absolutely, yes. My background is in treating complicated chronic pain patients or really anybody who has failed, failed you know, or the medical, where the medical system has failed them, really. In the medicine, we sometimes call them fa- failed patients, but it's really us that has failed <laughs> failed them. Mm. And I, over the years, and with my 
uh, I was very, just very fortunate early in my career to, I, well, I was fortunate, one, to have an amazing education at the University of Southern California for physical therapy school, and then had training in osteopathic techniques through Michigan State University's College of Osteopathic Medicine and through another amazing group uh, that did visceral releases. And, uh, and over the years, I just ended up, I basically ended up developing my own technique and no matter my husband's in the Navy for 20 years and no matter where we lived all the complicated patients found me <laughs> and so, you know, for as much as we moved <laughs> and so you love how that happened now, yeah it's really amazing it's, it's really amazing how that um but they were amazing learning experiences and you know and I just wasn't I love the puzzle of all of it and was never really willing to just settle for, you know, that they had to live, you know, as they, as they were, I always felt like there was an answer, even if it wasn't necessarily with me, I'd try to figure out, you know, who else they needed to see or what else might be able to help. And where I've come now is I think you know, my favorite reaction with, with patients, and I've had the privilege of having my own practice and, you know, being able to spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with people, but my favorite reaction that I've had over the years with people in person is when they get up off the table and they're confused because they don't know where they can't figure out where their pain went or they feel so different mm -hmm. and my wow. techniques are very gentle and then sometimes they get they'll even get angry because they don't think it should have been that easy to get better they had lived with what they had way too long and they don't think it should have been they're angry that it was that easy and that nobody else could figure it out before then Right. I, I mean, think, our bodies generally, really do. Our, our bodies, yeah, our bodies know, know, right? Absolutely know how to heal. Yeah. And I think that, that sometimes we just make it way too hard. And the vagus nerve does so many different things. And I've created this system, some of techniques I've, uh, or concepts I was introduced to many years ago, but really um, looking at all the places in the body that it can get compressed. And there's a lot of stuff out on the internet now about the vagus nerve and improving vagus nerve health. And we know that meditation and mindfulness improve vagus nerve tone, but on a big scale, there is no one really looking at it like it's a pinched nerve or like it could be compressed and that it just needs the structures around it to loosen up some so that it has more space to move and you have more access to all the amazing things that it does. So, so before we go any further, Melanie, for our listeners who might not, who may have heard of the vagus nerve, but maybe aren't familiar of maybe where it is in their body, could you just describe that for people? And then, what are the functions of the vagus nerve? Absolutely. Well, there are more functions than I have time to list tonight. But uh, <laughs> the easy ones are when we get a when we get stressed, and we get a lump in our throat, and our hearts race, and we get altered digestion and our palms sweat, those are all vagus-mediated functions. And what happens is those all happen because your vagus function gets suppressed. And so your vagus nerve is really your big pleasure and grace under pressure and calm pathway in the body. It, um, it's involved in recognizing other people's emotions. It predicts pancreatic cancer survival. Vagus nerve tone predicts pancreatic cancer survival. Uh, in women with complete spinal cord injuries, the vagus 
uh, vagus nerve, they can achieve orgasm with vagus nerve stimulation. That's because the vagus nerve is outside of the spinal cord. It's a cranial nerve that comes out of your brainstem, and then it goes into your throat muscles, and it innervates the pacemaker cells of your heart, and it innervates your digestive, it goes through the diaphragm and innervates your, and it innervates part of the diaphragm, innervates your, um, the muscles in your digestive system that allow your food to move through, and in women it goes into the cervix and clitoris. It, uh, vagus nerve stimulation in, so what happens medically, you know, so we know that meditation and mindfulness help vagus nerve tone, and on the other end of the spectrum, uh, neurosurgeons are implanting vagus nerve stimulators in people with chronic pain conditions and epilepsy, and there's a lot of experiments going on around uh, implanting vagus nerve Stimulators, and there's some external, there's a new, just a recently approved external vagus nerve stimulator device that you can, because uh, your vagus nerve is pretty superficial at your throat, and that's been approved for, uh, by the FDA for use in migraines. But in the research, vagus nerve stimulation helps, uh, it repairs the mitochondrial uh, defects that go with heart, ischemic heart disease, it remodels the, in, uh, the, in, the nerves within your heart after you've had a heart attack and helps preserve heart function. And I think the most, um, uh, you know, part of my messaging is really that we think, when we think about healing, we think way too small. And I think the vagus nerve is really showing us this because we know that our vagus nerves sync with the geomagnetic field of the earth. And, and with solar activity. So when there's solar storms it disrupts the, uh, that disrupt the electromagnetic field of the Earth, they disrupt our electromagnetic fields, which are created by our vagus nerves because they innervate the pacemaker cells of the heart. And the degree that you get affected by the geomagnetic uh, field is, uh, depends on the quality of your interpersonal relationships. So the stronger so, you have, so let's, the, so, your, yes, your personal... yes. So let's let me pause there for a second because that's a lot. <laughs> if, yeah, that was a lot. If, and that was just it's, the... no, no. It's so. I mean, I could, I, you know, me. I could talk about this forever and ever and ever. But you know, I think that everything you just said, especially the whole thing with the solar flares, which right now are so active. Um, like I know for myself that when I do a lot, lot of yoga and I'm actually helping to open up, you know, my jaw and my tongue and really to, um, you know, even open up my feet and, and the, the back of my, um, my legs down, down those nerves, you know, to really help with the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. there's nothing like it. And I, I absolutely agree that when we, change the vagus nerve you know we really have more space in our being and in our bodies and so you know one thing i've always said to you melanie is i've always believed that you're very cutting edge and this is very cutting edge because what you're developing and talking about is really a technique that can help people transform and evolve through everything that we're going through both individually and planetarily Absolutely, and I think that when we, you know, when we heal ourselves, that that resonates out to the earth and to the solar system, and we it's really this big cosmic scale event. Yeah, absolutely. We, we I have like 
six people that have questions. But before, don't, don't hang on, don't go away. We're going to get to your questions, but we're going to talk a little bit more with Melanie. I promise we'll get there. And one person's been holding on for a while now. Um, I think your work is absolutely fascinating. Um, and, and I'll have you do this many times, but for our listeners, will you please give them your website address, please? Yep, it's my name. It's MelanieWeller.com. Okay, super, super. So um, definitely, and we'll we'll post that up as well. Now, I I do want to get to the point you just kind of alluded it to, but the whole idea of, you know, you talk about mythology in our bodies or coded in our DNA. Can you explain that for people? Yes. I the. for the last maybe five years or so, I was. Am I echoing, Melissa? Because I'm hearing my echo. Um, let me try now. Go ahead. Okay, that's better. Oh, much yeah. better. So for the last five years, I had been dabbling in astrology just for my own interest and um, and to uh, help with my own midlife crisis that was happening and the uh what i realized um and i ended up taking a little bit of time off of work because i was uh to figure out how to re bring my business out in a way that felt more authentic to authentic to myself because pushing myself in the physical therapy box was becoming very stress stressful and as a stress management expert that was not sitting well with me and mm. but um astrology is really code for anatomy so the ventricles in our brain that make our cerebral spinal fluid look just like the ram's horns for Aries. And in astrology, Aries rules the head. And the way the hyoid bone in the throat sits on the larynx looks just like the symbol for Taurus. And in astrology, Taurus rules the throat. And the symbol for Leo looks just like, that rules the heart, rules, looks just like the aortic arch. It's the exact same shape. And you can run through the whole body and then the myth that goes with us helps goes with it helps to understand the spiritual underpinnings of the physical dysfunction and that's really been my gift is helping people understand the underlying stress piece and but for example with the ram horns in the head sometimes if you you know my headache patients very often will have uh you know they might be locking horns with someone in their life that needs to be uh-huh. smoothed out and that's sometimes a long-term one and even beyond just the the typical astrology signs the sphenoid bone in the head it sits behind the forehead and the wingtips it looks like sphenoid means bat in latin and the wingtips so it looks like a bat or winged animal and the uh, tips come up to the temples and the bottom helps to make up the base of the skull but um in, it also looks very much like an owl. And in mythology, Athena was born of Zeus's head because Zeus ate her mother. And the number of headache, every headache patient I have in memory has parental, you know, has a relationship or their parents often will have this relationship where it's essentially like one ate the other. You know, the power and wow. balance is really huge. And they're literally living wow. this myth. And it comes out in other ways, too. There's an Inuit myth about, uh, called 
Sedna where when uh, Sedna's dad came to rescue her from uh, her abusive husband, she ended up, he ended up getting tricked and uh, cut her, um, she threw her over, over the um, edge of the boat and she was holding on and he cut off her hands to, um, to get her to let go. And I've had people who have come in with lateral wrist injuries in the midst of a divorce, and they're literally living the myth of Sedna. Wow. And so, so, so helping to reprogram many, that. Yeah, so there's, right. So some of it is just about getting rid of the ancestral programming and the collective programming and just understanding that there's a lot of stored. I think that, you know, when we live a myth, we live both sides of it. And I think that it's, um, uh, you know, it's still all the like amazing mind body skills that we, you know, that are out there in the mainstream help with all of that because it's clearing past life issues. It's clearing, uh, ancestral issues and it's just clearing, uh, you know, it's getting your vagus nerve connected with the mycelium network of the earth that connects all the tree roots, which has similar functions to the vagus nerve and taking that all the way up to the Laniakea supercluster of which, and beyond, of which our uh, Milky Way galaxy is one little teeny tiny part. And that's really getting, the answer to all of it is just getting connected on a bigger scale. So, so I love this because now if we go back to what you said earlier, which is really about, you know, Schumann resonance and um, which is, you know, how our earth is speeding up and then the solar flares and how now with gravitational wave, waves coming in that aren't you finding that the access to healing is faster and faster now? Oh, I think, I think most definitely it's faster. You know, or, and I've always had, I hold the space that, like, I expect everybody to be completely resolved in one visit. It doesn't always happen, but I really hold the space for that to happen. <laughs> and it happens just often enough to make me think that it's always possible. So I'm always trying to figure that out. And I have been for years. That's been, like, the kind of the game I've played with myself is what one or two things can I do to make 20 or 30 things better and have this real fractal healing effect. And that's one of the beautiful things about the vagus nerve is, that it really has to be this just fractal effect and changes so many things in the body. And from a musculoskeletal standpoint, some of that's because it uses the same neurotransmitter that muscles do. They both use acetylcholine. And so you get really beautiful musculoskeletal system shifts with it. So um, how would you feel about taking a couple of calls? Absolutely. Um, If people have questions. Um, So I do have someone with a question. So I am going to unmute you. Um, You are calling from 860. So when I unmute you, you will be live. So let me just um, bring you on. Okay, you are live on the air. Do you have a question for Melanie tonight? Yes. Um, I know that my vagus nerve is compromised. And I, what if you can't come and see you? Are these vagus nerve stimulators available for people to purchase? They are. You can also, if you go to my website and on the, uh, at the picture at the top when you first get there, there's a button that says receive the codes. If you click on that and sign up for my mailing list, it will send you a free vagus nerve decompression course with a couple of techniques. Wonderful. To use. 
And I think the stim- I mean, I think the stimulators are great, but I think that um, you know, I do work with people individually. I also have some group. Uh, uh, I call them uh, call it a healing vortex. I have group services on my website too that are less expensive, but they're and I don't have it up yet. But I uh, I do teach my vagus nerve decompression course locally at yoga studios, and I'm working to get that online as well. Online and can I where you are, book- Melanie. Oh, I'm Please. in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, no, but I'm actually, but I'm actually, I'm really happy to take my show on the road, and I am putting it all into a book that I am hoping is going to be out by the end of March. Well, and I, I will, I will say, um, will. having um, have Skype sessions with Melanie, you can really feel the frequency. So, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to be there in person to experience this. Yeah. No, I teach the vagus nerve exercises a lot in my uh, virtual sessions, you know, because people need, to, like, you need something to uh, to do to really ground the changes. And sometimes that's just what, you know, they create such beautiful range of motion shifts that when I, you know, when I, particularly when I have people with orthopedic issues, it just makes a huge difference. Did you have another question? What's the name of her book going to be? I think it's going to be called Heal with Ease, but it'll be available on Amazon Kindle by the end of March if everything Fabulous. goes smoothly. Wonderful. God bless you for your great work. Thank you so much for the show tonight. Thank you so much. Thank giving you. me hope. Okay, so um, let's... Um, Let's talk a little bit about, if you don't mind, the the Fibonacci pattern and maybe tell people about that Fibonacci pattern and the vagus nerve. Sure. So the Fibonacci pattern is a sequence. It's the language of nature. It's how – it's the math of how flower petals are organized and, like, the center of sunflowers and how pine cones spiral. You know, it's a spiral, or usually mathematically it's a spiral, but it's even the shape of – like our, our ears and the ratio of our, like the, each, the bones in our fingers to the long bones in our arms. And the numbers basically add up. So if you start with one and then you, and two, and one plus two makes three. So it goes one, two, three, and then three plus two makes five. So it skips to five. And then three plus five is eight. So it goes to eight and then 13, 21, 34, 55, and so on. And we know medically that our coronary arteries, arteries within our heart, branch in a Fibonacci pattern. And if you look at, I don't have the, uh, you know, any research to back it up, but if you look at the vagus nerve, and particularly the representation of it that I have on my website, it's an old um, anatomical drawing of it, that it, I suspect that it also branches in the Fibonacci pattern. And I, when, uh, to me, the pattern that I see on a structural level, the pattern I see really commonly in patients is that they're locked down, their right diaphragm is really locked down and they're compressed mm. on the right side. And that happens because in all humans, the right side of our diaphragm has more muscle than mass than the left. So theoretically, the right side will always win. And because a lot of people are right-handed and we probably are, you know, our ancestors were probably not, were probably more ambidextrous than we are. You know, but we, and we live in this right-handed world that just facilitates that. But because the 
it, and the, ex, the structural exercises can do really well in getting people uh, in resolving that. But the other piece of it is, you know, because I see the people that didn't get better <laughs> with just one, you know, with the basic or traditional right. stuff. What I think is really interesting about that is when people are locked down in right diaphragm dysfunction, which puts you in a little bit of rotating rotation to the right, and when the earth below us and the solar system above us all spin the opposite direction, that we're literally out of alignment on a more cosmic scale. Mm, mm, absolutely. And yeah, it's the interesting. Solar you, system you, you... Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry, I'll just say one more thing. I said, and the solar system spins, the map of how that spins is a Fibonacci sequence, too. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting, you know, especially even the yoga community. We talk about sleeping on your right versus your left side and really kind of, you know, using sleep as an opportunity to um, work with your body. And I don't think people think about that. And that's something that, you know, is, is really important to, I think, balance the, the right and the left side of the body as well. It's a very Absolutely. important piece those hemispheres that we have. Yeah, even just getting, because we all get out of our, you know, if we're driving, we get out of our cars to the left. If you get out of your desk to the left and your dining chair at home to the left and, you know, your sofa to the left, that, you know, you'll create an imbalance. And the research shows that you only need to be about 4% different right to left to be, have an elevated injury risk. So the more you can, you know, integrate doing things to other sides, you're going to minimize your injury risk. And while, you know, I focus a lot on that um, counterclockwise rotation, you know, you need, you need both. You need solar rotation and you need stellar rotation. So, so if, so let's just say if you had three tips, just three simple tips that anyone listening to this could do to really um, just maybe, um, expand their vagus nerve or help to enhance their vagus nerve or clear their vagus nerve? What, what things do you think folks could do? Sure. Well, the first thing I would say would sign up for my email list so you get that free course because it's got some specific exercises. The easiest thing that you can do is to exhale and to do just a very simple breathing pattern. And I always teach this in a Fibonacci sequence that where you inhale for a count of three and you hold for a count of five and you exhale like you're blowing up a balloon, so you have your lips pursed or you're blowing out a candle, for a count of eight. And if that's really easy for you, you can bump it up to a five, eight, 13 count. I like it when people can do five, eight, 13, but not everybody can start right there. Mm, so you inhale right. for a count of five, hold for a count of eight, and exhale for a count of 13. And if that gets uh, easy for you, though, you can step it up by making your exhale a hum. So when you exhale, you just because mm, the vagus nerve innervates your voice. So any kind of singing or voice exercise will help. It, it, singing alone is a great vagus nerve exercise. I love doing that. <laughs> So that's amazing because I, I, I love the whole idea of toning the vagus nerve with the voice. And I, I think that a lot of people don't realize that the power of that hum can really resonate through our whole bodies. And um, 
also help kind of bring equilibrium back to us. Absolutely. And uh, I'll just throw out one other little tip. If, you know, for people that might be, uh, because I was like this, you know, I was always very hesitant to, to sing and to make sounds, even when I was by myself. But if you have somebody, if I have someone who really doesn't like to sing, uh, sometimes just reading, um, like if you take a fairy tale, like the three little pigs and make all the voices, <laughs> you know, where you're, you know, you have the big bad wolf and, you know, <laughs> three little pigs. <laughs> you go, you know, through the range of and kind of act, you know, if you have a small child to read to or something like that, that is, a, you know, going through that range is really great. And you can go through vowels. I even tell people if you've had a terrible day and you want to chant an expletive, go for it. You know, you can chant, um, you know, but whatever you, you know, you just have to move the energy because what really happens in people is we get stuck in a, an inhalation. And I treat that in a conventional way all the time. And I have for years that your major exhalation muscle, which sits underneath your sternum, underneath your breastbone gets like in spasm, just like any other muscle would. And it needs to be stretched out. And it's really just because we don't exhale. We, you know, when we get, traumatized or we get stressed, you know, we, we gasp and then we just kind of get stuck there. That's, these are all amazing because so many people, you know, don't understand that the power of our breath and how our breath can really um, just provide more space within our, our whole being. Are you ready for another question? Would you like to take another one? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Here we go. All right. Okay, I am unmuting a 207712. Um, I'm going to ask you if you want to ask a question to Melanie because I know some people are calling in to ask questions. Hi, you're on the air live. Do you have a question for Melanie tonight? Hi, thank you so much for um, providing this opportunity. And I don't have a question tonight, and I'm learning so much. And... Um, can't wait for the book. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. All right. I have a, a 504-799 number on hold, so I'm going to bring you live to see if you have a question for Melanie tonight. Hi, you're on the air. Do you have a question for Melanie tonight? I do. So I'm interested to know how does the vagus nerve play a part in uh, hiatal hernias, and is there um, a possibility of a healing for that? Absolutely. And that's actually a vagus nerve. I was trained many years ago to think of a hiatal hernia as that it's really trying to protect your vagus nerve because your vagus nerve is right, it kind of uh, goes down your esophagus sort of like a lattice and it can get trapped at the junction of your stomach and esophagus and your diaphragm's right there too. So if you have diaphragm dysfunction, that can add some compression there. But when the, uh, you get the stomach and esophagus herniating, that's all, like, that's your body's strategy to protect the vagus nerve, and it absolutely, you can take the tension out of it and definitely improve the symptoms. I've treated many people for that, and that's, def- that's one of the 
uh, one of the big red flags for me, and I ask people all the time if they have a hiatal hernia because that tells me they absolutely have vagus nerve compression. Well, that's good to know. I've had abdominal massages, and uh, it has helped, but not, like, forever. You know, it just it's like a small mm-hmm. thing, but it, it doesn't ever last. And so, uh, you know, you try and do all the right things, but, you know, you live in, and it just doesn't always work so well. So Right, right. Um, no, I get if, it. If, so if you're um, hypertonic, um, so, you know, when some people have surgeries, you know, they, or when they have babies, they have bladder issues where they can't, they, they, mm-hmm. they cough and they pee. Well, I have the opposite, you know, I, I'm, you know, everything's just kind of like in a ball. So oh. um, what is your, um, what is your suggestion for that? For bladder issues in general? Or, no, well, it's or not for, really for being uh, low. Um, I think the question, what I'm really asking is because of the uh, everything being hypertonic, that means like everything like throat all the way down is just kind of like tight. like uh, Right. Like, so I'll tell you one of the really exciting things that's happening in uh, pelvic floor physical therapy, which is a really exploding specialty within my profession. And I'm so, because I've been doing this for such a long time, I'm so glad that it's like other people are waking up to this too, but one of the things that's become really um, mainstream is to give patients with pelvic floor problems, particularly incontinence problems, and even I think any kind of tone, you know, even the hypertonicity, is to give them vocal exercises because your throat ends up, uh, your larynx, the muscles of your vocal cords end up uh, kind of closing off like like a diaphragm, like a horizontal structure and when you can't move the energy through there it creates downward pressure in your body and will contribute to to pelvic floor issues and so any kind of so really moving you know vocalizing and really getting sound through you know expressing your voice and you know you can do that sometimes through uh like holotropic breathing workshops you know can sometimes really help people access their uh, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of primal sounds, or if you can, you know, go to some remote area and scream, or if you have, you know, but even just to <laughs> sing and really get some of those primal, you know, to really just, you could chant vowels, you know, you can own, you know, but to really get things to move through your throat. Women on a collective level, if we've had our voices suppressed for thousands of years now, you know, and we have mm-hmm. this, you know, it's all coming to the surface and it wants to come out. Wow, that's it. that's really interesting. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank thank you. Thank you very much. You know, Melanie, you've just um you just touched on something which is very interesting. Um and then you and I have talked about this. So for the longest time, you know, when I was when I was probably like I think my highest was three hundred and forty five pounds and you know, my tongue used to be glued to the roof of my mouth, and it was all the trauma that had been trapped in my body, which I actually didn't know, um, yeah. you know, how much was trapped in my body. And so I remember working with an energy therapist, and I do know you do energy medicine as well, and she said to me, when your tongue can rest on the floor of your mouth, you know, you're going to find this peace. And you know, for years, I never thought that would happen. And then, you know, um, you know, this has been about 17 years now that, that I've lost 175 pounds. 
but not because, you know, of the things like you were saying, I listened to my body and my body told me it's time to release it. And as I did, you know, the issues in my tissues really let go and release, you know, and I know that I had a bunch of people ask me to ask you tonight about does vagus tone actually affect um, weight and trauma and holding on to our issues? It absolutely affects trauma. Like, and I think that tra- trauma shuts down your vagus nerve function. And so, and there's a whole um, science, you know, about like we that's well understood that trauma shuts down your vagus nerve function. And so, as you, uh, I've always I've said for years that I'm really good at making people cry. <laughs> Not always intentional, <laughs> but you know, when you do these releases, a lot of emotion comes. Uh, very often comes through, and that's great for releasing the trauma. It's also great for uh, chronic pain when that can happen because the difference between chronic pain and acute subacute pain is that it gets it's chronic pain is shifted into your limbic system, where in the part of your brain where your emotions are happen, and so right. when and you need basically need an emotional response to get out of that, and that's the the pain science. Uh, you know, that's just that's conventional pain science. You know, the, the, the experts in that field get most worried when they explain the pain, you know, pain science to somebody, and they do it in a, you know, a very conventional way, but when they have a flat affect, then they, the clinicians will say that I know they're, you know, they're at risk for not getting better. When they start crying or get angry, then they know they're going to change. Wow. No, absolutely. I think that's when we do change, when we're, we're at the end, but also when we really allow. I think allowing is a really important thing. And, you know, I know as a medium, like, I find people that, you know, so much has been trapped in their body, especially if they have, you know, um, had a loss of of someone tragically, you know, like a suicide or someone who yeah. died in a double homicide, which I work with a lot in my work. And it's very um, traumatic. And I think that, you know, soothing the vagus nerve is such an important piece. And, you know, your, mm-hmm. your, um, your programs that you offer are really beautiful and, and your way of working with people to really help help people understand, like, where is the origin of this? And that feels very, um, very important. So let's Thanks. talk about um, your, you know, your work around, um, you know, helping people with, I guess I would say in general, because I know that, you know, we're talking about the vagus nerve, but you do help people with other health issues. And I know we've talked a lot about the medical piece, but you're very tuned in, as you know, intuitive. Um, Talk about how you feel that maybe to our listeners. Mm. Well, um, to me, there's just certain, I guess, kind of mechanical patterns. And I do a lot of uh, I guess it's intuitively having conversations with people's bodies or with their higher selves, like tell me what's happening here and, you know, and tell me where the primary restriction is, you know, so that I um, can start at the right place. Cause I don't want to be wasting, you know, if I can find the key and, you know, just unlock the door, that's always uh, makes it much easier. But, you know, to me, emotions feel um, like, for example, somebody's storing emotions, they like like if they're storing grief i don't experience grief myself but there's a particular mechanical kind of uh 
vibration that I feel under my hands that goes with mm. grief, you know, and anger and rage and sadness and, you know, like all those, you know, difficult emotions, fear, uh, they have very specific patterns to me. And I think that part of my, um, the reason that sometimes I can get somebody further than someone else has is just that, uh, you know, it's having that sort of intuitive conversation with their body to see like, all right, well, what, uh, like really what's happening here and what is this and is this what you want? And like, you know, tell me what you, tell me what you need. And I can put that together with my clinical exam. And that's what my patients tell me that they really like about it, like about me, because they, you know, they know if something's really wrong or if they're, you know, they need to go see the doctor. I'll tell them to go see, like, you need to go see, get this checked out or you need an x-ray, you know. And I've had, you know, people I've, you know, where I've, you know, every now and then I get somebody that I, or I you know, I jump up and down and tell them that, you know, you go get an MRI and if your doctor doesn't do it, I'll call, you know, I'll make a big deal out of it or I, you know, will call the doctor for them. And, you know, sometimes when I make a big deal out of it, they almost always end up having like a cyst or a tumor, or, you know, like there's something that really needs to be medically taken. Right, and I, I and I and I and I love love that you just said that because I think that there is there is it's medicine is important, you know, and and it tests it's and medical doctors are important, and I think that you know I, what I love about your work is that there is a balance of both. So that's absolutely really I think that, yeah important. And I think like you know I've had people come to me in acute back pain, you know, wanting to avoid taking medication, and then if you're in such acute back pain that you can't walk, take the medicine the doctor gave you. <laughs> like give right. yourself a break, and then right. you can, exactly. you know, we can figure it out when it settles down. You know, like it's really like medicine has its place. It doesn't. You don't have to take the medicine forever, <laughs> you know. But it can be a really great thing to get you through a particular situation. It is. It's so we we have one more person um, actually who's been waiting a while for a question. So I'm gonna um, unmute them and and we're gonna do that um, right now. So okay, I'm unmuting you at two zero seven nine three nine to see if you have a question for Melanie. Hi, you are on the air. Do you have a question for Melanie? Hi, Melanie and Melissa. This is Jen. Thank you so much for this call this evening. I I just want to say I can't believe how much it all resonated with me and connected so many of the pieces, including the mythology and the pattern of storing emotions and trapped trauma and the effect it had on my vagus nerve and my physical health for, I'm not kidding you, 10 years. Um, I am recovering. Yeah, I'm recovering really well, and it's not through my medical doctors, but through self-care and Melissa Boyd and um, something else, just like an inner voice that is is helping me get through this. But I have to say that I, about 10 years ago, at the same time, simultaneously completely lost my sex drive. I had zero libido. And I also had such extreme problems with my digestion that I was put on a drug for, uh, that I took for eight years that um, Mm -hmm. has had some caused some difficulties for me, but I'm getting off it and I'm feeling much better. And I don't know what happened. I think a lot of it is spiritual. And to, to be honest, I think a lot of it is cosmic too. And a lot of what you talked about, um, but if you could explain the connection of the vagus nerve with a woman's libido, that would be really helpful for me. 
Well, I think that the I don't I don't have a lot of research to explain this, but I'll tell you my experience with it is that one of the happy side effects of sometimes that I've patients have told me is that um, like they'll come to me for back pain and then they you know and then when they come back for another visit they'll say like oh I have had pelvic pain since my child was born ten years ago or like my sex drive went way up after you did all of that. And I think your biggest nerve is just your pleasure pathway. And that when you're really connected to it, like I, you know, I like, you know, it's where we, you really act taps into the energy of creation and that whether we're making love or babies or business or art or whatever, that it should all be ecstatic and joyful and that it really just taps into that, uh, into the energy and which is really, I, I think the, um, the electromagnetic field of the heart, which is the, you know, same as the electromagnetic field of the earth. It's a toroidal field. It looks kind of like a big donut. You're in the middle of it. And when you like have an idea or an inspiration or something that comes from your heart or your gut and it like comes out through your, through your head and literally you have to pull it back in through your organs of creation to make it manifest. And I think it goes back, uh, the other way too, but and I think mechanically the vagus nerve can just get kind of tethered in the pelvic floor. That it, the pelvic floor can get stuck uh, low essentially and kind of be tractioning the vagus nerve and um, contribute to problems that way. But I think that there's kind of multiple things that go into that when I'm um, uh, to bringing that sex drive back. There's a great um, TED Talk video on YouTube called Masturbation is the New Meditation oh, that wow. you might want to watch. But they, um, and it, it, she goes through ha- having clitoral orgasms and G-spot orgasms and then um, cervix, cervical orgasms. And in the, the women, the research where the, uh, with the women with spinal cord injuries that were able to achieve orgasm with vagus nerve stimulation, they used cervical uterine stimulation. So I think that, you know, kind of working on uh, cervical orgasm piece, and that is important. And that's a really, I think that's a really inspiring TED Talk. Thank you. And maybe we can share that too, or we can have that, have you share that on your website. Um, Wow, this, I am so happy that you um, joined us. And it's like the hour is almost up, and I am so happy we had so many people call in tonight, too. Oh, this is fantastic. Um, and um, so it's so MelanieWeller.com, yes? Yes. That's where people can find you. And um, I want to thank you, Melanie, so much for being on the show tonight. Um, oh, and thank sharing, you so much for having me, sharing, Melissa. This was great sharing your experience and just so people know I'm also Mel and I are also going to do we're going to do um I'm going to have her on a talk on Facebook live as well so if you're on Facebook live we'll be scheduling that probably in March or April we'll be doing um you know a, t- a talk about uh the vagus nerve and just energy in general and I and now that you know we've talked more Melanie and it's something you and I have touched upon a little bit but you know, I've been doing a lot of things on the um, magnetic fields too, so that would be an interesting thing for us to explore together. Yeah, but I, but I really, yeah, I really want to thank you for being here tonight. And um, anything no, thank else you, so you want to say 
for, to our listeners before yeah, we... Yeah, I wanted, for anybody that's listening, if um, uh, between now and the end of February, if you purchase a personal uh, transformation package, which is four sessions, I will add a bonus fifth session in there for you. So I wanted to make that, uh, that offer. It won't show up on the website, but just know that if you, you know, buy it and we'll connect, that I'm really happy to... Um, uh, to add that bonus in for listeners. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so very much for, for joining us tonight. So this was fantastic. I had a great time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, this was phenomenal. I'm so excited that Melanie joined us tonight and we talked about the vagus nerve and we had so many people asking questions. You know, when I do my sessions, I don't always get a chance to go deeper with people. And there's people like Melanie that I really want everybody to get to know. So that's why I um, really wanted to have her on my show. I am excited um, that I will be having uh, Val Williams, who actually Melon and I have both studied with and have met. Um, she will be a guest on my show talking about mediumship, um, her travels internationally, her philanthropic work, and um, the healing power of mediumship as well. So I do want to remind you that next Thursday is the Meditate and Donate, uh, February 28th. There's also one March 17th. April 18th and May 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook Live or at River Tree Arts in Kennebunk, Maine. And then join me for a morning of mediumship on April 14th, Sunday in Portland, Maine. From 9.30 to 12, there'll be a light breakfast served. Bring a flower and I will connect through the flower to your loved ones in spirit and deliver messages um, in the morning. And then we have the um, yoga events at Greener Postures on May 4th and 5th. And get your tickets. They're on sale for the Maine Yoga Fest, June 28th and 30th in Portland, Maine. So I just want to thank all of you for listening. I send you deep love, great blessings, and to really grow your knowing. Because when you grow your knowing, you awaken within And so be the light of your soul. I'm sending you lots of love, lots of light, and this has been MelissaBoy.net. Be well.